Hello, my name is Richard Breezy. My wife Myrna and I first started worshiping at the United Parish in the last century, in the 1980s. For a few years, we attended church while living in a Boston suburb. Now we're back home at the United Parish. Lately, we've been tuning in online on the United Parish services and are looking forward to rejoining in person with the entire congregation this fall. Today, we welcome former seminarian Sidney Van Dyke to preach. We reflect on a passage she has chosen from Paul's letters passage to the churches in Philippi and far off Greece about what it means to hold the faith when the teacher and the congregation are no longer together. We hear from the message by Eugene Patty Peterson's paraphrase in which he titles this section, A Love That Will Grow. Let us open our ears, our minds, our imaginations, our hearts and souls across time and space and listen to this letter, letter as if it were written just for us. Now Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, both of us committed service to Christ Jesus, write this letter to all the followers of Jesus in Philippi, pastors and ministers included. We greet you with the grace and peace that comes from God, our parent and our master, Jesus Christ. Every time you cross my mind, I break out an exclamation of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us. Believing and proclaiming God's message from the way you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. It's not all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, struck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, and came out of it in one piece. All along, you've experienced with me the most generous help from God. God knows how much I love and miss you these days. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. Well, this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent and not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, a circumstance, and exemplary, a life Jesus would be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God.
For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God in spirit, for the word of God among us. Thanks be to God. As I wrote to you in the blog this week, one of the great gifts of ministry at the United Parish over the past seven years have been our seminarians. Uh, this is a program where we invite Divinity School students to come into our midst and be student pastors with us. We just said farewell in the spring to our most recent seminarian, our sixth seminarian, Catherine Henry, who was a great asset to us during this past pandemic year, a great gift and a great teacher and learner among us. And this summer, as part of our series of highlighting our anniversary theme of rooted in our past, reaching into our future, we invited our previous five seminarians to come and share with us the good word and also what's happened in their ministry since they left us. And we're starting today with our first seminarian during this time period, Sidney Van Dyke, who joined us in 2014 and was with us for two years, gracing us with her enthusiasm and deep, kind sweetness for her intellect and for her uh, just her her spirit that was contagious. Uh, I know for me personally, she was a breath of fresh air as she was for our staff and our congregation. And you all got to see her grow up in our midst vocationally as she stepped into this ministry with us. She's gone on now to serve two churches. She's in her second call in Greenwich, Connecticut. And you can read more about that through the links we sent you this week. But for now, I just am excited and grateful and proud to have Sydney rejoin us and share with us her take on this morning's reading from the letter to the churches at Philippi. Welcome, Sydney. Hi, United Parish. It is so good to be with you all in worship and participating in the life of this congregation as I was honored to do when I was your seminarian. Uh, since I left you in 2016, um, I first moved back to Pennsylvania and uh, became the associate pastor at New Goshenhoppen United Church of Christ in East Greenville and uh, was associate pastor there for four years. Uh, and most recently, Scott and I moved to Greenwich, Connecticut, where I am now associate pastor of First Congregational Church of Greenwich. We moved here in October. Uh, we now have a cat, which we have been very ready to get for quite a few years. And it's wonderful to be back in the same conference as you all, as we are all a part of uh, Southern New England Conference now, and we get to be partners in ministry still. And I praise and thank God for that. Would you all please join your hearts with mine in an attitude of prayer? Most holy and gracious God, we thank you for the ways that you stir and that you move and that you continue to make connections among us. We thank you that those connections act like roots, going deep down into our souls and binding us up interwoven as your beloved children. We pray, God, that the words of my mouth, the words that we have all said and sung and heard would be good in your sight, along with the meditations of all of our hearts, that they would be acceptable to you, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. So 
aside from the whole being arrested part of this scripture, I really feel that I could probably just leave this paraphrase of Paul's words alone. Because in truth, it's really how I feel about my time at United Parish and my privilege of serving with you folks for two years. When I do think of you, I thank God with grateful praise, and I pray for you with a most glad heart. I am so pleased that you continue to believe and proclaim God's message from the day that you heard it up until right now, not only as individuals and people of faith, but also as a community who seeks to live out their faith beyond just their walls and who helps others to lean into that call as well. I am so grateful that you continue to say yes to God's call to you to be a training ground for ministers. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started doing this great work in you would keep at it. And while sitting with this scripture passage, the language of that last sentence, which is a paraphrase of verse six, it stood out to me in thinking about this celebration year that you all are having of 50 years since you began your ecumenical experiment, since the great work in you got started, since you began exalting in worship and deepening in Christian faith and education, and before you started stretching into justice, and since you started gathering as a community. Those are all phrases that I use regularly in my ministry, by the way since you began offering remarkable music and singing delicious melodies and harmonies together that just somehow naturally and organically seem to spring out of just being together. Since you began uplifting children and youth as full participants in the body of Christ, whether it's through communion or faith formation or worship opportunities or mission trips, since you began intentionally welcoming and affirming all of God's children as beloved who are welcomed just as they are when they are with you. That is some good church. And that's what I think of when I think of the roots of United Parish from the start into keeping at it today. And one is also one of the reasons why I chose to become ordained at United Parish. And I like the recognition in this verse six paraphrase of the relationship between the beginning of a work to the present work involved in keeping it up and then to the rest of the verse, which shifts into future orientation of when the kingdom of God will be on earth as it is in heaven, a flourishing finish, the scripture says. It reminds me of the phrase, I know where I'm going because I know where I've been. Thank you very much, Queen Latifah and Hairspray. And actually the full line is, I know where I'm going, Lord knows I know where I've been. And that's perhaps the thing that really struck me most about this version of that verse. It reads that the God who started the great work in you would keep at it. Beloveds, we do not do this work alone. In fact, we didn't even start it. It was God who started it in us, in you. When we look at the past 
and the present and the future, God is there doing great work in us. And it's especially great if we allow ourselves to be open to that work and rooted in God's love. Now, it's a, a common sentiment that you're probably familiar with, that to know your future, you need to know your past. And it got me thinking a little bit about my own past and what has had me rooted in faith. There's my family. Some of you may remember that I am lucky enough to have both of my parents be pastors as well. There are my friends, there's my childhood camp of Menchmel, there's mentors like Reverend Charles Rice and Kent. There are communities of faith that have grounded me and been spiritual homes for me, like my parents' churches growing up and, yes, like United Parish. In fact, when Kent asked us seminarians to think about this 50-year anniversary theme, a question he posed was, how has United Parish helped to root you and to help you reach into the future? And I immediately thought of how my experiences to grow in leadership and in faith at United Parish helped me endlessly, truly, in my first four years of ministry, which had their fair shares of bumps and rocks in the roads. After being at New Goshenhoppen for about three and a half months, I found myself as the only pastor on staff to the 100, or excuse me, 1200 member congregation, right as we were heading into the busiest season of Lent and Easter. And they really were very busy during that time. There was about 15 events in Holy Week and Easter alone, just in that, in that seven day period. And one of the things I was able to do was to pull in my time at United Parish to help me get through. And I actually recycled the Practicing Our Faith series that we had done at United Parish. And to use that as the Lenten theme, I pulled on the resources and the books and the way that we had developed worship during that time in order to help me through. Now, I do not discount my fortunate, very fortunate connections, nor my own gifts that I know I have in pastoral leadership and care, but I know that my road through that period of time would have been much, much harder if I didn't have my roots and experiences at United Parish from which to draw upon. And then there's also the root of music for me. And I was thinking about how all of these roots come together from our past in order to help us know and reach into our future. And I was reminded of my time when I was in middle school and high school singing in a contemporary Christian trio called Work in Progress. And we had this tagline that we would use every time that we sang. And it was, I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress. We are all God's works in progress. And I think that in order to truly let your past help you reach into your future means that there has to be a willingness to be a continual work in progress, to continue growing into who you want to become in the future, becoming who God is calling you to be and letting God help you to get there. Now, again, this concept of 
the past, knowing it in order to know the future, it's found in all different various facets of life from Broadway shows to astrophysicist Carl Sagan's quote, you have to know the past to understand the present, or even the restaurant Subway's most recent ad campaign during the Olympics, you gotta refresh to be fresh. But I recently learned of a wonderful example of this concept that comes from the Akan people of Ghana, and it's called Sankofa. The word literally means go back and get. San to return, ko to go, and fa to fetch or to seek and take. It is represented by the image that is on your bulletins, a bird who is reaching back for an egg that represents promise and hope and future while still moving forward. The idea behind this word and concept is to retrieve from the past that which is good or maybe that which was forgotten and needs to be brought back, or maybe that which was stripped away and needs to be restored. And that speaks so much to me about what it means to be a Christian, someone who believes that God is always with us in our past, in our present, and in our future. And not only who believes God is there with us, but who uses that knowledge in order to help be better, to take the best parts of the past and to bring them into our future, or sometimes to atone for the past, to apologize for that which was wrongfully left in the past or stripped away, and to let that come back into the future. I think that's important for us as Christians. We need to be really honest about our past sometimes because our history as Christians, as we well know, is not always one that is loving, that is Christ-like, that is healing and transformative and bettering the world. But this idea of Sankofa, it helps us to understand that we can look back and retrieve that which was forgotten to bring it forward into our present and let it be the springboard for us to go on to the future. So that way we aren't repeating the mistakes from the past, but we really are using it to heal and transform and reconcile and restore our world today. Because we are all a work in progress and we all need to be about the work of progress for Christ's sake. It also reminded me of this Harvard Business Review article that I saw recently. And it was a study in which over 60 years personalities were assessed and people had totally changed uh, the way that they oriented and resonated with the world in those 60 years. And change is inevitable, and we can't always really stay the same people that we were. And I think the same might be true for a group of said individuals as it is for a group of people committed to a faithful journey together. I mean, think about yourself 10 years ago. How old were you 10 years ago? And how were you most likely to be found spending your time 10 years ago? Who was it that you were spending your time with? And would you say that 
you are or feel like you're the exact same person today as you were 10 years ago? The answer is probably not. This Harvard Business Review article, it talks about the psychology, about how we all think we have this, this hidden bias where we think that we cannot change, that we are stuck in the present as to who we are. But that's not true because we all change. And just like our systems and our churches change too. So I wonder how has the identity of United Parish changed over the last 50 years? And I wonder how it will be different 50 years from now. And I wonder if some questions to ask are, how do we want to be known in 50 years? Who do we want to be known as? What do we want to be known for? And how is God calling us to be works in progress by really knowing our past in order to know where we're going? Now, this article, it has some advice on how to grow into the future self that you most want to be. The first step is to distinguish between your former, your present, and your future selves, and then to really imagine your desired future self, to envision it, and then to change the narrative that you're telling yourself around your past, your present, and your future. It says, Start acting like your future self rather than your former, former self. Embrace uncertainty and change. Embrace learning and failure. Never be defined only by the now. Engage in deliberate practice so that way over time, you'll grow into your own ever-evolving story. Take action and invest in building your future identity. Or, as the scripture wording puts it, this is my prayer for you, that your love will, future tense, will flourish, and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately, right? Never be stuck. Always keep learning. Embrace learning. Embrace failure. Embrace being that work in progress. Because we are all always becoming in our faith and in our lives. We are all God's works in progress, rooted in the past of what God started in us and reaching for the future of who God is calling us to be. And that's my prayer for you, United Parish, that you would always be willing to be a work in progress, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well, and that you will live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life that Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus attractive to all and getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. May it be so, and here's to the next 50 years. Amen.